Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I'm very excited to have on Louise, Lois, sorry, Lois, I should say, because <laughs> I've got a daughter called Louise. <laughs> sorry about that. Lois Wagner. And she's your friend for forgiveness. I love that expression, your friend for forgiveness. So how did um, your friend for forgiveness come about, Lois, when you sort of um said that you know this is what I and who I am well it's quite a long story so I won't go into all the detail but I started forgiving uh, many years ago now but the big forgiveness was I was attacked and raped and left for dead and 14 years after that event I went to the prison where the rapist was incarcerated and I forgave him for that crime and it was just the most rewarding and amazing experience for me because it set me free from that event and ever since that day I've never been triggered or had any bad memories as a result. And it is literally you know not so much forgiving the crime but forgiving uh, you know um, so that you can move on and take your power back isn't it? Exactly. And that's exactly what I said in the forgiveness talk. I said to him, I hand back the responsibility to you and I take my power. And it really does for you. When you break that bond that is tying you to the individual or to the situation, you really do break that bond. And it stops, I suppose, us going into that um, victim mentality and then letting it impact any sort of really horribly traumatic event like that letting it impact our lives in a negative way and, um, you know, wallowing. And uh, sometimes, you know, I know it's a very serious crime because I've been as well a survivor of that myself. So, you know, I'm not, not, not demeaning that it is a very serious crime, but, you know, sometimes I, I do see people, you know, who have been through similar trauma that, that literally carry that throughout their lives and let it negatively impact the whole of their lives until the day they die. Yeah, it's a, it's a journey that we go on, a matter of understanding where you are on that journey. Because when you're in the victim stage, emotions of hate and fear and disgust and blame and guilt, that you can consider forgiving at, in the early stage because you're in a bad place and you've got to process before you can move on. So you can only forgive once you've dealt with all those negative once you do forgive it really breaks you from those negative I never have those emotions again nothing triggers me back into that negative mode relating to that incident so did you have um external help and support to get to you to the point where you were able to you know literally go and visit your perpetrator and forgive him uh uh or did, did you work through that yourself internally Oh, there was a couple of, you know, I did I did see a, a therapist at one point, uh, four or five sessions, which I didn't find terribly beneficial. Uh, but what really helped me was my sister, who's, who was a, um, 
uh, alternative healer. And she just advised me that I should go inside, <laughs> go inside and find the answers. And I found the answers, but we didn't discuss forgiveness. That just came later. It, it was quite an interesting story because I was living outside the country and I was going home for my first holiday. I'd been out the country for 14 years. And in those 14 years, I'd never considered this individual. I'd never thought about him. Was he okay? Was he dead, alive, back on the streets? And I was coming home and I thought, oh, let me contact the authorities and find out what has happened to this guy. And uh, they said to me he was up for parole the day after I arrived in the country. And in addition, the law had just changed, allowing what they call victims of crime to attend a parole hearing. So the coincidence was so great, it had to go. The advice of friends and one friend said to me well if you're going you might as well forgive him and I said what don't be stupid I'm never gonna forgive this man and but I did some research and I went to Mr. Google and Mr. Google gave me lots and lots of information which was too much information <laughs> but it got me thinking and uh and yeah and so I went to the prison and I forgave him. How old were you when the, this traumatic event happened? I was 40 when I was raped and I was 54 when I forgave. Yeah, I can, I can relate so much because I was 15 and 18. It happened to me twice and it was 42 <laughs> when I first sort of started my healing journey and was becoming more aware of, um, you know, what I needed to do um, and even actually spoke about it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, and a few years after that, before I was in a position where I felt able to forgive and, and move on and uh, let it all go. Well, well done. Not many people can claim that, and it really is so powerful. It is. It is massively powerful, and I never like to hear people call themselves uh, rape victims. You know, for me, I'm not a rape victim. I'm a rape survivor, and not only that, but a rape thriver if maybe comes to it. You know, and I live my life to the full. And, and, and like with yourself, I don't let, um, you know, what happened to me be an excuse for not living my best life. Absolutely. And being, you know, as I said, you have to be that victim at first because something happened to you and and you do have those emotions and, and it's natural to have those emotions. And as you move on, you get your resilience and you, you get creative and courageous and you become the survivor. But surviving is still a struggle. Uh, but at least you're negotiating and discussing and making meaning of what happened. And then, then you start forging forward into a new reality with new thoughts and dreams and aspirations. And that's when you start thriving. And as, it is only when you're in that phase that you can really consider forgiving. You can't forgive when you're a victim or even when you're a survivor because you're still coping with the situation. Mm. And, and moving through those phases, everybody goes at a different pace. As I say, it took me 14 years. Uh, but, you know... I like to say, let's move you through quicker. Let's not wait 14 years. Yes. Let's, let's, yeah. let's start the process sooner and work through it and find your freedom a lot earlier. Absolutely. Because when we think about it, you know, when, when these events happened to us, you know, for me, it was in the 70s, you know, there wasn't like the help and support or the awareness in those days to, to help people move through it quicker. You just had to fumble about and 
find your own way. Yeah. I remember I went to a, a rape crisis meeting and there was a mother in the, at the meeting and both of them had been raped um, separate, separate incidences, but like 10 years previously. And they were walking around with huge big dogs and guns. And, and I looked at them and I thought, that's pathetic. <laughs> that was my, my immediate reaction. And then, of course, there I was, 14 years later, still, still struggling. So, yeah, it's, I just wish people would learn that you can move through it quicker. And it doesn't take years and years of therapy. You know, literally, you can move through it quite relatively quickly these days with the right help and support. And especially from people like ourselves who have done it, been there <laughs> and wear the T-shirt now for, for coming through it all. But albeit, you know, decades later, um, just know that, you know, if you are and can relate to this situation uh, or these situations, anything like being similar, then, um, you know, there are ways of moving through these stages a lot quicker and with a lot more effectiveness and help and support and guidance than what we did or didn't receive in our era, so to speak. Now, it's important that you know that there are many, there are hundreds of different therapies and you've got to find the one that works for you. Not is going to work for everybody. And so experiment, try try that one uh, until you find what works for you and know that you're not alone even though your journey is is your journey and you go through it at your own pace using your own modalities there are people out there to support you to encourage you and to hold your hand through it so you, you're not alone that's very important to know that i know for me lois um you know, my relationships were very negatively impacted, you know, on my journey. I can look back now and join the dots and see how my relationships were really negatively impacted on the back of what happened to me. Uh, what, what, what happened for you? Did you have your relationships negatively impacted by the experience? Well, I was in a, uh, had a lover at the time who was out of the country. when it, So when he came back, he didn't know about it. Um, and uh, when we tried to get intimate, and so I told him why, and he left and he never came back. <laughs> and uh, But it didn't take me long. I, I decided that I wasn't going to let this define me. I enjoyed sex, and I wasn't going to let this stop me enjoying sex. And so I didn't take too long before I found a new man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to hear, for, because for me, I can, you know, honestly say hand on heart, I didn't cope with it very well um you know I, I did go through a bit of a promiscuous phase you know on the back of um not having that self-worth or feeling ashamed and guilt about it and looking for the for, for love through sex you know and that was me for a phase and uh, certainly as well I attracted some you know unhealthy relationships as well as healthy relationships with which I then self-sabotaged on the back of you know, again, not feeling worthy of having a great relationship. So I'm glad you you didn't have to uh, go through too much of that. It's interesting what you say about being promiscuous because before this happened, when I got divorced, my divorce led me to promiscuity. Um, that was the way I was coping with being abandoned by my husband. Um, so yeah, promiscuity is is quite a common response. Yeah, most definitely. I've, I've um, dealt with many women that, uh, you know, have uh, been able to relate to that being a, a thing. Also, I was, I was married for 23 years and I can honestly say now, looking back at that relationship, 
um, I was more or less the opposite. You know, I was very much um, in a guarded heart situation where I, you know, um, I was quite numb when it came to intimacy and, um, you know, not wanting to feel too much. If that, maybe, if that makes sense to you. It does. I wanted to feel. I, I needed to feel. <laughs> My heart is, was open for new new discoveries. Well, it's lovely to hear because I did get to that point, you know, once that relationship ended. Um, unfortunately, you know, um, I didn't en enable that. I didn't have enough healing within that relationship to experience it within my marriage because you know the the uh, the the my husband my ex husband was a great man you know he was a lovely man he treated me really well and loving husband and and great father but um, I just didn't have the tools at that time you know to to open my heart it wasn't until I had a relationship subsequent to that that uh, I then realized you know that I hadn't uh, been open and uh, I'd been living with a very guarded heart and uh, was very confused and um, unfulfilled uh, and didn't really know why in that relationship. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's part of that journey, you know, you've got, to, you've got to work through it and you've got to work through the emotions of it. So when you get any women that come to you, Lois, that have got, you know, um, previous sexual trauma, what, what's the first thing you do in, as regards, um, you know, if you can share with the audience what uh, one or two exercises you might take them through or questions that they might want to ask themselves to start that healing journey? Well, there's three things that I want to share. The first two, um, one is to write, 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 write down your feelings, your emotions, the facts of the situation, anything that comes to your mind, write it down. It's very, very therapeutic to get it out of you onto a piece of paper. And also, if you're writing down your emotions, it's good to go back later and see how you've progressed. You know, maybe in six months or years time, you're feeling, oh, life is dreadful. And you can go back and read what you read and say, wow, life, what? It's now not so dreadful. <laughs> so you can actually measure progress. So writing is very, very good. You have to share it with anybody. I wrote, I wrote from the first night um, and I, I put it into a book. I wrote it in journal format and it became a book. But you don't have a healer, a family member, a friend. If you've got no one to talk to yourself in the mirror or a cat or a dog. By talking, you are putting it out into the universe and it helps. The universe takes some of that negative energy away from you and it helps the healing process. It is so healing and therapeutical to just let go by just saying, whatever, I hate this, whatever, this happened, this was a load of whatever, and say whatever you want to, share it, your feelings, your, your thoughts, just get it out, get it out of you, and let it dissipate into you. And then the third thing is far more um, uh, structured, um, and that is dealing with the emotions. You've got to feel those emotions. If you are angry, you've got to feel that anger. You can't just say, ah, oh, it'll go away. You know, time is not a healer. It's not about time or space. It's about dealing with it. Because if you don't deal, deal with it, 
it, you will be triggered when something happens 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, something happens that reminds you of that situation and that anger and all those, whatever those negative emotions are, just bubble back and, and you just can't cope. So you need to manage those emotions and deal with them and get rid of them. So I, I talk people through the whole concept of vision and using all your senses it, it's like where where did, does it feel you know i feel like i'm a pot of boiling water i feel like i was punched in the gut i feel like sandpaper try and describe what it feels like what does it sound like it sounds like a cat screeching it sounds it smells like rotten eggs really get to feel that emotion with all your your um senses and rate it rate it on a scale i'm feeling so so for example after i was raped i was filled with rage real red boiling rage at a 20 out of a 10 <laughs> and and that that forced me it, it made me become an activist and i became an activist straight away wanting to change the world and I, it, after while I've been an actor, uh, but in the meantime, I brought my, my and then finally, and because I was dealing with it, I wasn't hiding from that emotion. I was saying, okay, this is what that emotion is doing. So you need to feel it, and, and just don't stay there too long. You know, if you stay there too long, it becomes part of you. So as part of that, the next phase of that is to now find the replacement emotion. So instead of rage and anger, what do you want to feel? I want to feel acceptance or, or understanding. Or what is it that I want to feel? Um, you know, why did he do it? Because he, you know, hurt people, hurt people. So he was hurt. So if I understand that he was hurt, maybe I will reduce that anger and replace it with more compassionate feelings. And when you do the, the positive feelings, here I recommend all the good tools of vision boards and affirmations and and do it, you know, we do it for partners and our careers, but why don't we do it for our emotions as well? What emotions? I want to feel the sun shining on my face and I want to hear the birds twittering and I want to smell freshly baked bread. What is it that you want to feel? And create a vision board around that emotion that you want to feel. And then write up a nice affirmation statement about it. Put it on your, your screen, on your, on your desk, you know, my affirmation as my alarm clock. So I wake up to my affirmation every morning. On my, on my phone, which is fabulous. So it sets you up for that wonderful start to the day just by having that affirmation. So those are the steps, is getting control of those emotions sooner than later. Excellent. I love all that wisdom and advice. That's brilliant. Uh, one of the things as well I can add to that is that, you know, as part of your journaling, if you um, actually write, letters again which you're never going to send about your perpetrator and how you feel and felt about them um another exercise that i get you know women to do that if they've been through any sort of similar trauma is is um burn either that journal or that letter 
you know, as part of the letting go process. So, you know, just it just it gives them an extra uh, feeling of, of power to know that they're actually letting it go by by destroying that journal or that that letter or letters uh, and releasing it. Yeah, it's it's ritual, you know, ritual is so important. Yeah, I was I was attacked in my place of work and uh, in the, I was working late one night in the, in the courtyard and and so that place was now an ugly place and I held a a ritualistic party there and I invited all the people who had been there for me and helped me and we had this wonderful party and um somebody even made a really dangerous cocktail and we called it Lois's Revenge. And we all got very drunk on this, on this cocktail. And we had a party and I wrote a poem to all my friends who helped me. And, uh, you know, afterwards it was okay, you know. So rituals really help release uh, whatever it is. So writing a letter and either burning it or doing something with it is a ritualistic movement which definitely releases some of the angst and pain. Yeah, and I think the same, like you said, um, you know, for changing the way your space feels to you, you know, especially if you're going to be using it afterwards can, can also make a difference. So if you've been intact in your home, for example, and it was in your bedroom, you can always, you know, do things um, around that room to change the atmosphere of it, you know, whether that's scented candles or, you know, um, having, you know, some cuddly toys to cuddle up to whilst you're sleeping, uh, changing the position of your bed or redecorating the room to create a different ambience around it. Absolutely. It's that, and, you know, it doesn't have to be big things, little things, you know, just changing the, the, the as you say, the, place placement of the bed you know it just it makes it better it's a different bed it's a different place yes uh, different memory yeah because I, I do think sometimes you know um you know it, women suffer with with nightmares and um i want to know how they can you know sleep better and not have um tormented um nights where they can't sleep and i always suggest you know things that like you said creating a routine that's a positive routine whether that's having a bubble bath leading up to you know going to bed and having a hot chocolate and um as i said before scented candles for you know changing the smell of the room and you know um just to just to change that routine changes the pattern and therefore can enable you to get a good night's sleep just by shifting that routine it changes the, the thoughts you even have leading up to going to bed it just reminded me i um uh, after i was attacked i was covered in blood and my hair was matted with blood and uh, my friends tried to wash the blood out and you couldn't get the blood out and so they cut my hair and I was devastated because I love my long hair and I really didn't want it to be cut but they were so fed up with trying to get get everything out that they cut it and again that is such a ritualistic thing cut your hair change it you know he pulled my hair you know and so get rid of that association it's very good so it was a good move that they cut my hair. <laughs> 
So even so you mourned the loss of your long hair, you actually then changed your thoughts around it and uh, celebrated the fact that, you know, it, you felt empowered on the back of it eventually. Yeah. My, my new my new lesson uh, or my new passion in life now, I keep thinking, why are we helping people recover and heal from these dreadful atrocities? And so I'm going forward in a more positive light and I'm saying, let's stop the atrocities happening in the first place. And so I've come up with this concept of brave. If we can teach everybody to be brave, we can stop this gender-based violence. And so B stands for boundaries. You know, know what your boundaries are, know what the other person's boundaries are. And then R is respect, respect those boundaries. A is agreement. V is values, know your values and your partner's values. And E is equality. Um, I've got a few other letters that I've added on, but if you can live to that brave formula, we can stop this. We can make people more compassionate and have more empathy and, and understanding. And it, it, it all ends up being about communication. You know, if we can communicate to our partner what we want, what we like, what we don't like, what we expect, and we can communicate openly and honestly. I think that um, that's a very great acronym that you've come up with there. So it's a good standard to live by. I love that. And it isn't um, fair, I don't think, to, you know, on the back of these atrocities, become a man basher, is it? Because what I do see, you know, is women now becoming, you know, um, creatures who are bashing men for, for being the perpetrators of these crimes. And obviously, that it's only a small percentage of men that have committed these crimes. It's not all men. And um, I don't like to see that. No, no, absolutely. You can't, you can't paint everybody with the same brush. And, you know, I do feel so sorry for men because they are, get confused because women, you know, with the whole feminist movement and all the changing and the Me Too movements and everything, they don't know where they stand anymore. You know, can you touch a person on the shoulder? They don't know if they can do that. And also what is respect? So, you know, the man opens the car door and the woman says, I can open my own door, being the independent woman. And then the next time he doesn't open someone's door and she says, what's wrong with you? Why don't you open my door? And so the poor man is confused. He doesn't know what to do anymore. And that's why communication is so important. Let people know what your boundaries and expectations are. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your wise words of wisdom and for being prepared to be vulnerable enough to share your own story, Lois. I really appreciate that. So for those women that would like to know more about you and perhaps get in touch, what would be your best contact information? Very easy to find me. Walking without walkingwithoutskin.com is my webpage. It's my Facebook page. It's the name of my book. So if you Google that, you'll find me. <laughs> Love it. That makes it so easy. <laughs> So, so easy. Thank you so much, Lois. It's been a pleasure to have you on as a guest today. Thank you, Lynn, and you're doing great work with this podcast. And let's hope the message gets through to everybody and that we can all learn to forgive and to fly free. I second that wholeheartedly. So, listeners, 
just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.